0: This is the Breastfeeding Talk Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Hillary. We have Hillary Rank with us today, and she's a women's wellness expert, and she's the creator of the Energy Reset Method, and she helps women gain energy, lose belly fat, and feel at peace. Her purpose is really helping women get out of the frustrated and frumpy over 40 trap which leaves them feeling confused about what diet or program they should follow, down on themselves, sluggish, and hopeless. Um, And she gets them to feel fit and fabulous, so they'll start looking, thinking, and feeling happy, healthy, and confident. And I couldn't love her mission anymore because I don't know what age my listeners are of the podcast, but most of my clients that I've worked with in my practice are over age 35, And a lot of times we're tackling energy issues, but at their core, they're really hormonal issues. And Hillary is just a fantastic expert to bring on. So thanks for being here.
1: I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. So I would love to know about your journey and how you got to doing what you're doing today, because... I know your background, but our listeners don't, and okay. you know, like me, I didn't always have the dream of becoming a lactation consultant, so sometimes we <laughs> encounter issues in our life that you know drive us to do something different, so tell us what your story okay. is. So around age
1: 35, it was when my second son was a couple years old, um, I really had the belief that, that I would be happy if I lost all the baby weight. Or even more weight than the baby weight that I was still carrying. And I find a lot of women fall into that same belief. You know, it's just kind of pervasive in our society that the thinner you are, the happier you are. So I'm a very type A person. So it's always the more the better. So I threw myself into this mommy makeover. And I did get breast implants. I started... Some of of the women might be familiar, Um, I started Macro, Macros, which is a diet plan, Um, and it's very common in the fitness competition world, and then I started training for fitness competitions, so, you know, it worked beautifully, like I lost, you know, the baby weight and then some, Um, but then, you know, things kind of got carried away, and it became very extreme, and the issue that I didn't realize at the time was I was adding this on top of all my other responsibilities in life. So I had two small children. I was a leader in the corporate world. So I had a pretty demanding job. And um, and then, you know, we have all of our responsibilities at home to be a good partner, social activities. So little did I know that I was creating the perfect storm of hormonal issues. And it took me the longest time to even figure out what was going on with me. Um, You know, and there just isn't a lot of answers for women over 35. I would get, so it all started, you know, after my second fitness competition, my hair started falling out. I started becoming so sluggish, foggy, um, you know, really depressed and could barely make it out of bed. And the workouts that used to you know be really fun for me, I could barely get through, so I would go to my doctors, get blood work, they told me everything was fine, and sent me on my way. But I knew something wasn't right, so it really led me down doing a lot of research on my own, doing a lot of soul searching and realizing you know making the connection between hormones and how you know just the way that my lifestyle, the lifestyle I created, and the way I thought, um you know, the really negative self-talk, because the hard truth was, even though I had lost all of the the body fat, I still didn't have the confidence that I craved. And just that way of thinking, and then the extreme lifestyle caused, you know, lots like a hor- horrible hormone issues. So I had hypothyroidism, low progesterone. Really, all of my, my sex hormones were so low, so low testosterone. And um, I realized that there's just not a lot of support for women over 35. Um, and I wanted to be that person. I wanted to share with women what I learned so they didn't have to go through what I went through.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's amazing and and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that because you know, if anyone's listened to episode 3 of the podcast where we had Beverly Simpson on and I know you know her too, um mm-hmm. you know, we talked about that like pushing yourself too hard to try to get your body back thing. Now you're taking this, you know, a whole leap further and going into the consequences of that which we didn't really get into. Mm-hmm. And like everything in life, especially breastfeeding, but you know, anytime you're, you're postpartum or you're pushing yourself too hard, you're going to affect your hormones. And if if listeners have been listening to me for a while or following me, I tend to talk about this a lot where when something's going on with breastfeeding, a lot of the time, you know, for timeout milk supply, it's all hormones. Right. And yeah. then some women just, they add more stress on their life, trying all the wrong things. And they may be a type A like you, where they're like, I'm power pumping and I'm doing this and whatever, like, <laughs> well, that isn't going to be the answer, right? We have to actually do this whole reset of things and lab work is a part of it. But then like you said, you got labs done and your doctor said you're fine. And that happens right. to my clients all the time. And I'm like, no, no, yep. no. We have tests for other things or those aren't the normal ranges for where you are in life. And then it also made me think about how there's this sort of designation in the medical world that if you're over age 35, you're now considered a high risk pregnancy.
1: hmm But no
0: one seems to ask the question, why? Well, it's because your hormones tend to be off at that time of your life. It doesn't mean they should be or that they have to be, but we kind of throw people into this blanket like, oh, you're old now. We call it advanced maternal age. Right. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on just that sort of defining around a a number and then why we're seeing such hormone issues with women in this age group.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you bring up such a good point because one of my deeper purposes in becoming coach is that I want to turn the idea that, you know, aging means that we have to be kind of dried up, um, feeling frumpy um, and just kind of our life is on the downward spiral and we don't have a lot to look forward to. And um, that's absolutely not true. And the reason this is happening is You know, I am all for, I am huge into women's empowerment. I am so excited about what is happening right now in our society with the Me Too movement. And you know, women are gaining more power than ever before. But the issue is, is just how it's happened over the past, you know, 20 so or years. We still are the caregiver. We still are looked to as the people who take care of everyone but ourselves. But then we're adding, you know, being a boss mom, you know, uh, um, being really powerful in the workplace, not showing emotion, pushing, pushing, pushing. So it's, we already are having hormonal imbalances. 35 and on, because even though we're not in menopause yet, our hormones start declining, but add in the high stress and you have a constant dump of your stress hormone cortisol, which causes a waterfall effect on all of your other hormones. So it's like really the doing too much and it's so hard for so many women to slow down we're in a very unique time right now with the coronavirus and everything that's happening. Never again will we see a time when we're absolutely forced to stay home and to clear our schedules, right? So this is a unique time.
0: Right. And, you know, speaking to that point, um, because yeah, we're recording this mid-April 2020. So I just read an article yesterday though about how The division of labor between men and women is actually being heightened during this time because women still in general make less than men, Um, you know, more women than men hold part-time jobs. So in this kind of an environment where people's jobs and livelihoods are put on the line because of the lockdown and quarantining and all of that, more of that at-home labor is falling on women or they're losing that um, power that they had worked so hard to gain in terms of a job outside the home. And there's no school happening. So kids are at home. Someone has to take care of those children and it's sort of automatically falling on women. So yes, maybe we do get to stay at home and rest more, but there is still this piece of labor that we have to acknowledge that women are kind of forced into right now. Right. Um, while men can sort of just continue on as they always have, instead of going right. to the office, they work at home.
1: So because it's not really expected. That still hasn't changed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's still a lot of work to do in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you even brought that up because, you know, and you mentioned some of the key hormones like cortisol, but even how you had low testosterone and, and that can actually lead to depression or, or maybe vice versa you know, mind over matter in a lot of ways. So maybe you could spend a little time talking about the hormones that generally are affected as women age or okay. from stress so that we can understand that a little better.
1: Um, so one of the most common hormone imbalance is having low progesterone and then in turn that causes estrogen dominance. Um, so the first hormone for you to, to go and during times of high stress is progesterone. And um, that is your feel-good hormone. It's your calming hormone. It helps you deal with stress. Um, when you don't have enough progesterone, you can you can see hair loss. Um, you can see a lot of water retention, um, difficulty sleeping. And then when you have estrogen dominance, you tend to see weight gain around the hips and thighs. Um, a lot of Well, with the low progesterone, you're going to see irritability too, because you're not calm. (laughs) And then the estrogen dominance is causing a lot of weight gain gain around the hips and thighs. Again, bloating, you're going to have issues with PMS. So um, the key is, is that you want to flush out the excess estrogen and then do things There's no foods that can boost your progesterone. It's really lifestyle changes. And so that's an important part of my energy reset method, which is lifestyle changes. And it's things that you can do yourself. So, you know, stress reduction, starting to meditate, um, cutting back and changing the types of exercise that you're doing. Um... And, you know, it does come down to eating whole foods and, you know, not the po- packaged processed foods. I see a, there's, you know, one mistake is women think that protein shakes and protein bars are a really healthy way um, to do meal replacement because they're really busy. But a lot of times there's additives in there that can impact your digestion and that can really affect your energy as well. Um, and then a really another common hormone imbalance is PCOS. So that's when you have high testosterone, and it usually is paired with estrogen dominance as well, and that can you know cause some androgen like effects. So you're going to gain weight. You might have excess hair growing on your you know in parts that you do not want. Um, really, a lot of difficulty gaining. Excuse me, losing weight, and. It, a lot of research has paired this with high stress as well so you know women are not smaller ver- versions of men and i have found so much that a lot of the mainstream do- mainstream diets and you know workouts are designed for Men and women who are in their hormonal prime, or you know, it works really great for men, like for example, the keto diet, because they have only one hormone, testosterone, in dominance. You know, they have smaller amounts, but it works really well for them, but it's not necessarily great. I, mean, I know some women have seen really great results with it, um, but that can, having such low carbs, um, really impacts your hormones as well.
0: You just said so many good things, and I don't even know (laughs) if you realize this, but what you just talked about has so much to do with breastfeeding too, because women with PCOS often struggle with infertility, and you may go see the fertility doctor, you finally get pregnant, you have that baby, but the fertility doctor, once you get pregnant, they sort of drop care, and they don't ever seem to inform their patients of the risks to breastfeeding, not just with IVF and how much it messes with your hormones, just that by itself, but whatever hormonal condition you had before that can affect breastfeeding PCOS is also insulin resistance. And
1: yes, that's huge.
0: Yeah. And if you have that going on, plus the, the messed up hormones, it's one of the biggest contributors to low milk supply. And so I'll have a lot of moms say, well, you know, I hear this, you know, 3% of women don't make enough milk, but I think it's higher. Well, yeah, it is higher. And it's higher because of hormones. (laughs) Um, And what you mentioned about stress, when you have hormonal dysfunction and and maybe you don't understand it in the way that you're explaining or you don't have the right, you know, coaches, doctors, whatever to help you through this, then you tend to feel more stress on top of that going, what's wrong with me, right? And then if, you know, let's say, you know, you you already had a struggle with your fertility journey. Now let's say you have these hormones that are out of whack. Breastfeeding doesn't go well, and you're like, oh man, I'm even more of a failure. Now I'm fat. Right. Now I'm this. Now I'm that. And it's just all this negative self talk, like you're saying. So, I mean, this all for those of you listening who are like, what's that have to do with breastfeeding? Like a ton. It has a ton to do with breastfeeding because it's right. all the same stuff we're talking about. And more women than ever are giving birth later in life because they wanted to focus on their careers for a while. They wanted to be in a more stable place, but then that probably created a lot of stress up front for them.
1: Right. Another hormone imbalance I did not mention, and I think this probably is something that you touched upon, is hypothyroidism. and It's very common for (laughs) women after they give birth to um, have Hashimoto's. Show up, and that's an autoimmune hypothyroidism condition. So, with women, you know, having babies later in life, having all that stress, you know, even having a baby, and then you know, having this show up kind of seemingly out of the blue. And also, I found it really hard to get a diagnosis for hypothyroidism because I did not look like the type of the typical hypothyroidism person. And Hashimoto's is so underdiagnosed as well. I don't have Hashimoto's, but I do have another autoimmune condition. So, um, but it's just, you know, kind of the difficulty women have in getting diagnosed because a lot of doctors go on traditional lab, um, lab ranges. And that can be misleading because even if you fall within the normal range of laboratory tests, it might not be normal for you and you might be feeling those effects. So that's another really common hormone imbalance. And I'm sure you probably have experience with Hashimoto's in clients as well.
0: You know, absolutely. And more often than not, it is, you know, hypothyroidism or it could be, you know, Hashimoto's and and yeah, thyroid is, is going to be a huge implication in terms of like your ability to lactate. Um, and you know, I, I do think there is a connection even there with, with like tongue ties and things, which is a huge issue as well. And I know, mm-hmm. you know I have talked about that, but yeah, the lab values thing. I mean, the lab values for a woman who's lactating are different than a woman of that age or that stage of life. And like you said, you know, they'll say, Oh, within normal limits, well, no, it's not for someone who's lactating. And so I, I have a hard time. You probably have this as well as a, someone who's doing, you know, health and fitness coaching where you're not a physician. So when you try to tell someone, right, you tell your client, like, Hey, this is what you should tell your physician. These are the normal ranges, but the physicians are like, I'm the physician. I order the labs, I interpret them and they don't order right. all the labs the client needs, or they don't see an issue. Um, mm-hmm. and I will say too, what I've learned is that by the time you get to the place of thyroid dysfunction in your life, that's kind of a late stage hormonal dysfunction. You had a lot more stuff going right. on for years before that. Right. So Absolutely. your adrenals were off first and, you know, and then your progesterone and then your blood sugar and, and like all these things piled on, but we're sort of you know, going unnoticed all these years. And once people get these diagnoses or once they, they're maybe listening to this going, oh, yeah, that sounds a lot like me or like you said. You had a super fit body, but underneath the surface, all these things were going on. So you didn't look right. like a normal pro- person. So I've had clients go, well, I don't think I have a thyroid problem because they work out all the time or whatever, but you know, it doesn't really, we can't just go off a of physical appearance. You know, there's a lot. <laughs> exactly. Cause I looked
1: the best I did in my entire life, but I was the unhealthiest for sure. Oh. I do think this is a good time to segue into my Into my breastfeeding story, because you made a really good point. Um, Hypothyroidism is kind of a late stage hormonal imbalance, and you know, now knowing what I know about it, I realized that I had issues, you know, in my twenties, and I was not aware of it, and that you know that contributed to some difficulty getting pregnant. I was on the birth control pill for years. Like most women, um, you know had some difficulty i mean obviously I didn't go to a fertility doctor, um, but it took about a year for us to conceive, and you know, I had a very normal pregnancy up until week thirty four and um all of a sudden, I was at work and was told by my doctor's office that I needed to get into triage immediately um because Think my labs didn't look good. Long story short, I had preeclampsia. So, um, you know, I was in. They said I was not leaving the hospital pregnant. I had not gone to a breastfeeding class. I didn't have, you know, my baby shower. I I just felt very ill prepared for the whole thing. Um, I gave birth to my my first son about six weeks early he was extremely small. He was, well, to me, I mean, they're smaller babies, but he was four pounds, six ounces. And he just, you know, that terrified me in of itself. And I had always intended on breastfeeding. He was in NICU for eight days. Um, I had to establish my supply by pumping because I couldn't be with him. Um, And, you know, the NICU nurses, they helped me a little bit. They, you know, I think, I remember them telling me that having a baby so young, um, they'd have difficulty breastfeeding. He did actually take to breastfeeding pretty well. I mean, I certainly did not find it as natural and easy as they make it seem. Um, Because I established my supply with the pump, I had an oversupply. It was crazy. And, you know, now knowing you, I just wish I would have known you back then because this was 12 almost 13 years ago. Um I now know that that was a hormonal imbalance or something. And I believe that he has tongue tie as well because you told me that I have tongue tie. So, um he just had so much trouble like he was colicky. I mean, he would like scream and I was so heartbroken. You know, I was told that he had acid reflux. So I had mentioned to you that I was giving him acid reflux medication that did not work at all. Um, then I was thinking food allergies, but back then, you know, I wasn't the, the, the nutrition guru that I, that I am and I had a lot of difficulty, um, get, letting go of foods that I'd eaten my entire life, you know, like coffee creamer and cheese and things like that. So I had a lot of guilt around that. And I eventually weaned him, I think at 11 weeks, I was heartbroken and I had all this extra milk. You know, I just really felt lacking as a mom but also what I was really struggling with is I wanted a reason why I had preeclampsia. You know, all the doctors told me that, um, that it just happens. And I didn't accept that because I really believe in a root cause for everything. And so I had a lot of guilt about that so much. I mean, my birth was very, with him was very traumatic. And, you know, I even questioned about having another child, but I did have another, my second son, um, two and a half years later, I didn't develop preeclampsia, and I do um, credit that to seeing a naturopathic doctor and helping me with homeopathy and things like that. We don't need to get into that, but um, the birth, thankfully, I did a VBAC. It was vaginal after having a C-section with Ian, um, but he was four weeks early. I went into I had started going to preterm labor at the exact same almost like the same day as I did with Ian. And then I was put on bed rest and Evan was born four weeks early, normal size. So I'm thinking breastfeeding is going to be a breeze. Um, But then he wasn't gaining weight. And I did see a lactation consultant at the time who's, you know, wasn't as good as you. (laughs) And she told me that his suck reflex hadn't um, developed. So, you know, then I was Needing to pump and breastfeed him. And I had a toddler at home. And I mean, I'm sure women can relate. It was the most difficult thing ever. I used to call my best friend crying. You know, I was like, I don't think I can continue this. This is just so overwhelming. I did make it to six months with Evan, which I was happy about, but it never was, you know, that happy, joyous thing that I felt like came easily to me. And you can maybe, you probably have some input about what happened. And then I'll kind of tie that into my overall health story about when I finally found answers about why I was having complications in my pregnancy. But
0: yeah, no, I thank you for sharing because there's got to be people listening who are like, oh yeah. And it, and it helps, you know, I'm kind of in my bubble of like all the knowledge I have. And so it helps me remember what people don't know. And and sometimes aren't told and, and yeah, preeclampsia is, is preventable. It it has a cause. Um, obviously you know that now and, you know, preterm babies even born a few weeks early are going to struggle with their suck reflexes. It's not based on weight. It's based on, you know, just gestational development. And, you know, there's, I don't feel like women are warned oftentimes, you know, they're sent home with this baby and, that baby might latch and look like they're feeding. And two weeks later, yes. going they didn't gain weight. What's happening? And you know, then you go to the pediatrician and they give you some formula and they don't really explain anything. And this is also why when I work with clients, like what you're saying, it's so difficult for me to just do like a one-off appointment with someone because yeah. I can't fully help them if I'm not coaching them past that time. Like like you said, you had to call your friends, right? And and you were struggling so much mm-hmm. and it, your friend was probably a great source of support for you, but it's always so great when, what if you could call your lactation consultant or text is what I set up with my clients. Right. They've got a baby in one hand and a phone in the other, but you know, you've got to know like, is this normal? Is today going better than the day before? Or is it worse? Or like, you're going to have all these little questions and you're going to doubt yourself. And that is going to, lead to breastfeeding failure if we let that go on and we can't let that go on. So I'd love to hear more about what you discovered through that because, you know, I think there's at least a silver lining for you, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I just now, you know,
1: of us having conversations and about, you know, what resources you want to offer new moms and what resources you do have it just was not available it just was not you know this was my youngest son is 10. It's not that long ago, but I mean, this was before. I mean, smartphones were just starting. I mean, I did. This was all over the phone. It was very hard to find. out. you sound issues.
0: so old. I know. I'm <laughs> so. so old. saying, like, my oldest is seven, and I feel like <laughs> I didn't have that stuff either. So, yeah. well,
1: it, you know, technology has really just come so far, and this is the age of digital entrepreneurs and digital courses. Which, you know, you know, when I was a working mom you know, that really was a great resource, but I, you know, if there was another, a uh, like a membership or something, a forum that I could have gone to with other moms who are going through the same thing and having a lactation consultant like you who could troubleshoot, it would have made all the difference, you know? Um, so just saying that, but, um, you know, so that's like a big part of my core values or what I believe in is finding the root causes of, of issues. And that's, you know, something I really work with women during when I work with them, with my clients. So I, I really didn't accept that the preeclampsia just happened, you know, or it was genetic. No other women in my family had had it. And, you know, I, had had some health issues, you know, even in my 20s, not really realizing that it was connected. So, um, and this kind of ties into mentioning that I did have my breast implants removed about nine months ago. So what I discovered is that I have the MTHFR gene mutation. And that means that um, I lack the genes to properly methylate or my methylation is impaired and methylation is really important. It happens um, in your liver and it's really tied to gut health. Um, You have to methylate everything, so hormones, vitamins and and minerals, um, toxins that are coming in, anything that you're ingesting or coming into, into your body. And my methylation was impaired. And a lot of times this happens based on lifestyle factors. So just because you have the MTHFR gene does not mean you're going to have problems. But the standard American diet and way of doing things really does cause the perfect storm. So I was on birth control off and on for, you know, 10 years. So to a woman who does not lack the genes to methylate, that birth control is a toxin and it's impairing your methylation. Um, I was, even though, I mean, back then, let's be honest, I was not eating that great, (laughs) but, um, you know, the methylation is impairing me, um, you know, being properly, having the proper vitamins and minerals. So I was like, like, I was not able to, if you just take like a standard B12, your body is not going to be able to absorb it. You need methylated B12. did not know that. Um, You need methylfolate. So I was taking, you know, uh, a vitamin, a prenatal vitamin that didn't have the proper vitamins and minerals that I needed. And so this all impacted my pregnancy and it impacted my health. You know, I believe that that caused a waterfall effect with all the other things I talked about at the beginning of our podcast episode of causing all these hormone imbalances. It just went on and on for years without me knowing and caused this perfect storm. So I feel like I'm rain me back in or if you have questions about that, because <laughs> I feel like I'm like I could no. talk about it forever.
0: Yeah. I mean, we could talk about a lot of different things. Absolutely. And I think what you said is so important is that, you know, yeah, MTHFR affects, you know, somewhere around 40% of the population. Most people don't know. It can be a huge reason why you struggle to get pregnant. It could be a huge cause of other things. There is a linkage there with tongue tie along with other genetic mutations. So it isn't just about one Right. Regular, you know, there was a activity. lot of stuff going on. There. <laughs> There's a lot going on, yeah. but you know, and and we have 23andMe now, but you have to take that data and go get it interpreted through another third party to really get the whole picture, and and so it's a lot, right? And and a lot of people kind of don't know where to start. So a lot of yep. people are are like, okay, I hear what Hillary's saying. That sounds just so overwhelming. What am I supposed to do now? And I know you've got something really cool that I want to share with my audience because it's coming up really soon. And I'd love for you to chat about that in our remaining time.
1: Okay. So yeah, a lot of the stuff that you can do to help with this, with the MTHFR gene mutation and to help just feel better and gain more energy and get your body in a place where you can balance your hormones all um it goes down to diet and lifestyle so i have a 14 day energy reset mini program that's coming up next week i'm releasing it to um, all my followers and to women and i'd really like a small group um we're going to you we have a course it takes you step by step by the things that that you can do to feel better and take control of your health. And I also will have a Facebook group where I'm doing, answering questions, doing some live coaching. So I'm truly gonna be with you every step of the way. Because as I said before, I feel like this is the best time. You know, when we have had this, you know, we're being forced to take a break and kind of fo- focus on different things what better thing to focus on than, you know, taking control of your health and feeling better because things will open up and then you'll have those habits that you need to continue it on.
0: I love that. And if anyone's been following the podcast for a while, I really, I don't generally bring people on to like promote stuff. And I brought Hillary on so she could share all this amazing knowledge with you, but I actually asked her if she could share this and promote this at the end of the episode, because I feel like it's so important. And like you just said, you know, this time that we have to be at home right now to create new healthy habits for ourselves. You know, there's a lot of hilarious memes out there on the internet right now about like, you know, homeschooling kids or, you know, being homeschooled by moms who drink wine all day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that was funny at first, but now, I mean, I'm four weeks into being at home. So like, that's just sad. And like, if we can't create new habits, it, you know, 14 days, two weeks of like total commitment on someone's part with guidance, where you're not feeling like, oh man, now I, I got to Google and I got to research this and I got to Google and I research that and what vitamins, what like. Hillary actually does want to help you guys with this stuff and she's been on her own journey and she's super passionate. So I would say, you know, this is one of the most amazing things that someone could take advantage of right now and it's a beautiful, beautiful offering. So we'll link it up in the show notes for everyone. Um, what I did want to ask you, just as a final question is, you know, for breastfeeding moms who are out there who might be like you, you know, a type A personality, um, regardless of what's going on, you know, economically right now, maybe they're, you know, going to return to work really quick. Um, maybe they leave a really fast, lead a fast paced life or they mm-hmm. feel like they have to do it all. Like what kind of message would you have for them? Um,
1: I, I have to make it succinct. I, doing it all is going to lead to burnout for sure. Um, it just—I mean—it's science. Your body can't handle you—you know—the you know, load that it, that doing it all and having a to-do list a mile long. I mean, it's going to give out eventually. So um, it really takes a lot of introspection and really. Um, deciding and committing that you are going to do it differently Um, and take a look at how perfectionism is causing a lot of the pain and suffering in your life and making a conscious choice to slow down and realizing that it's not selfish to take care of yourself in fact taking care of yourself is going to better benefit everybody in your family and in your career and ultimate happiness.
0: Oh, that was so well stated. I <laughs> I love this. I think honestly this is just one of my top favorite interviews I've done and you've shared so much amazingness and I also just feel like it's just barely scratching the surface so I like that there's a place for people to continue on like learning from you because without that I think people would go, "Well, episodes over like what the heck we might have to bring you back for another one but thank you so much for everything absolutely yeah and your vulnerability too is appreciated I think that it's really important that we talk about you know what's really going on under the surface and share our journeys and what we learn from them because I never want someone to be stuck in feeling like you know stuck in failure or or feeling like there aren't answers there's always always answers
1: right that is like the parting message i would really like to share because um you know that's something that one of my friends said to me she's like i just admire that you're always you know looking for solutions or looking for the next thing because there is always an answer there really is you just have to calm down and know where to look for it and ask for help so
0: oh amen all right <laughs> well, that'll wrap it up thank you so much Absolutely.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Did you know most moms stop breastfeeding in the first month postpartum? I believe succeeding at breastfeeding means having the right mindset. In fact, studies show that the number one factor that determines breastfeeding success is commitment, which is why I've created my incredible audio download of breastfeeding affirmations where I give you actionable mantras so you can breastfeed your baby with confidence and peace of mind. And best of all, it's free. To get access to this audio and PDF, simply visit holisticlactation.com mantras, and you can get started right now.